Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Okay, so since the last time I came up here and I spoke a few months back, two incredible God stories have taken place in my life, so I wanted to keep you up to date with them. The first one is very evident. I am pregnant with our second miracle baby number two. Thank you, Jesus. And then we also purchased our second home here in San Diego, a complete dream come to pass. And my, and my husband actually preached on this on Sunday, so I don't want you to miss the details. I'd love to share every single detail with you because it was one miraculous move after another, and seeing God move that mightily, that quickly on our behalf was just something unheard of that I had never seen before. So I would say podcast that message that he just preached at Bresti on Sunday. Um, but the reason that I wanted to share that with you is because recently I was doing my daily devotional and I was thanking God for these two miracles that had taken place back to back. And so as I was praying, I heard this from the Lord. And I really want you to lean in in this moment because I know he wasn't just saying it to me. He was actually saying it for tonight to each and every single one of us. So he said this. He said, remember what I have done so you can see what I am doing. Remember what I have done so you can see what I am doing. So the title of tonight's message is Remember. I have found that as I remember what our God is doing or has done, I can see what he is currently doing in my life, meaning as I reflect with thanksgiving, with honor, with praise, with gratitude, as I verbally say, thank you, Lord, for this, this, and this, thank you that you're moving mightily on our behalf, I continually have a heightened awareness for what he's doing currently in my life and the lives of others. And so when we honor him, when we glorify him, we are sharing our God stories. And I think that is such an important thing to do on a continual basis. I know for me and probably for every single person in this room, when we attend men's or women's prayer, we get around and we share our God stories of the week. And it ignites my faith continually. I know even my girlfriends and I, every single week we get together. And when we get together, we're sharing what God is doing in our life. And we'll, we'll even voice memo each other throughout the week and say, oh my gosh, this just happened. And so it stops me in my tracks to thank God for what he's doing in the lives of others. Because I recognize, oh my gosh, my God can do anything. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. Their prayer might not even be a prayer that I currently have, but I can pull that down from heaven and remember it if I ever need it in the future. He healed that person. He set them free. He delivered them. He did that for me. And so even when Alex gets home from men's prayer, literally, this is what I do every single week. Maybe you should do this if you're a wife of a husband that goes to men's prayer. I say, babe, how was it? He always goes, great. Next question, verbatim. I say, tell me the best God stories. Literally, I always want to know the top two. And so he shares them with me, and I want to know them so that they lift my faith. They ignite my faith. So let's be sharing our God stories. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not know so, say so. Another version says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their stories, which is God's stories. Yeah. 
those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, which is all of us. Revelation 12, 11 says they triumphed over him, which is Satan, by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, by the word of their testimony. So when I read that scripture, when I was getting ready for this message, I realized that our testimony is our life. So it never ends. So I read that scripture and I'm like, wait, my testimony didn't end the day I got saved, the day that I rededicated my life, the, the day that I got delivered or set free or healed. It's continuing. And so that's the same for me. It's the same for you. So I know that we're meant to share our testimony on a regular basis. So my question for you is when is the last time that you had a God story to share? He's always moving. He's always speaking. And he's always with us. I know that to be true. So are you seeing him? Are you thanking him for what he is currently doing? Our testimonies, they give God the glory. People need to see God. People need to know that God is real. And they need to often hear it from us, from our testimony. I am healed because of him. I am set free because of him. I have been delivered because of him. I know how to forgive, which is one of the hugest things my life radically transformed when I was able to forgive people that I didn't know that I would ever be able to, including myself. And in turn, I'm able to forgive others so quickly, so easily, only because of him. And one of the greatest things that I've learned is how to actually love people. Not just like them, some people, love them, including myself, right? Only because of him. So... I never want to, to forget to remember what he's done so I can see what he is doing. So in March, I was standing in two huge miracles. We just found out that I was pregnant, and then days later, we closed on our dream home. Now, how many of us know that with significant life changes, at least this is how it is for me, oftentimes, unhealed areas of the heart will start to rise. Things that need to get tended, things that need to get weeded out, it's like it really addresses my heart when there's life shifts. I know that this actually happened when Alex and I got married. It was pure bliss. We went on a honeymoon, and then we get home, and life hits me. Myself hits me in the face. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, I need to deal with this. I've never had to deal with this, you know? And the same thing happened after we purchased our first house. All these insecurities arose, and I had to deal with those. And then it happened again when I gave birth, okay? Parenting, <laughs> everything. So every time there's been a big life shift or change, I have noticed that God is there ready to heal these wounds of my past and things that need tending. So again, these two things happened early March. And so in the back of my head, I knew, okay, well, these are big life changes, but I don't think I was ready or prepared for what happened next because it happened so quick. So I'm just going to hone in on what my March looked like. Um, okay, so first week, we're in the new house. We're getting settled in. And if you're a lady in this room, I'm sure you enjoy rearranging furniture, purchasing furniture, going to Crate and Barrel Outlet, loving life. And so I'm actually enjoying this process of getting my house in order. And then... Our dog gets sick, extremely sick. Now, I love my dog. So does my daughter, Brielle. I'm going to have them throw up some photos. <laughs> okay, look at this. Look at this bond. Okay, this is a real bond here. <laughs> so Alex likes our dog. We love our dog. And so, <laughs> just calling him out. 
we're never adopting or giving her up for adoption. Um, she's just so dang cute. Okay, so she gets super sick. And I start to get super sassy and rude to my husband and rude to just about anybody and everyone. And I wasn't acting like myself, but I kept saying, oh, you know, it's just the hormones. I'm pregnant. That's why I'm so emotional. Obviously, I'm sad that she's not feeling well. And the truth of the matter was, it was God was ready to heal my heart. And I knew that there was something deeper, but I wasn't willing to go there. And so Alex took her to the vet ER, not once, not twice, but three times over the span of seven days. And so it was super emotional roller coaster. Okay, we're not giving her away. And she's healthy and healed today, so I don't want to forget to mention that, okay? Um, so I keep being erratic in my emotions. And the third time that he brings her to the vet, I literally, I'm like, I'm like, Alex, it's raining, but I need to go for a run right now. And so I'm pregnant, it's first trimester, I don't even feel good, but I go for this very emotional run. Like I'm basically almost in tears for a mile and a half. And I'm listening to Kim Walker Smith over and over again, the same song over and over again. Like, okay, this is gonna renew my mind. This is really gonna help me out here. But I honestly didn't even enter the presence of God. It's like, I thought, I thought, okay, if I could just get some physical activity, I can stop being psycho, like, and it didn't work. So thank God for my husband who gets things in order. I get home. He's like, how was your run? How was your run, babe? I'm like, not good. I'm not good. I'm not good. He's like, okay, that's enough. He's like, we're going to take communion right now. So man of God. So we go to the kitchen. We stand in agreement that whatever's going on is going to stop. And so he prays over me. I pray over me. And this is what I said to God. I said this out loud. I said, God, I want you to show me what's really going on here. And just like that, in an instant, God is so faithful, you guys. If we draw near to him, he is there. He showed me a vision. He showed me a vision immediately of me giving birth to my first, my first child, Brielle. And just to give you a summary of that, what had happened with that situation is... For a year of my life, even before I even conceived Brielle, I prayed daily. I said, God, thank you for my child. Thank you that I'm going to birth my child naturally at home. It's going to be peaceful. I didn't say perfect. I'm not naive. I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. But I said, at home. I was very specific. I wanted to birth her at home. I wanted it to be natural, and I wanted it to be peaceful. Well, it was none of that. It was like 48 hours of labor, not natural at all in the hospital, but it was actually highly traumatic for me. Like, she was okay, and I was okay, but it was nothing that I wanted. It was a very unanswered prayer. And so I came home from that experience devastated. I was holding my baby girl. I was so grateful to God. Thank you, God, for this answered prayer. Thank you that we made it home, and I'm okay, and she's okay. But I knew that there was something deeper. I was grieving a process. And so thank God for our church. We had some pastors come over and pray with me, and I realized that there was that prayer that I thought that God was going to answer. I thought that that was not just my desire, but I thought it was a promise from him for a year of my life. And so I was so upset. Why didn't he answer that the way I wanted? But in that moment, when they came over, Pastor Lance and Alicia, I really received peace. I was able to let it go and say, God, I repent. I'm sorry that I exalted this prayer, this desire above who you are. I know you are faithful. I know you are good. So I was standing in that kitchen and everything changed after I saw that vision of Brielle. 
I then repented again. I said, God, I'm sorry. I know you're here. I know this isn't about Lulu. I know I'm obviously a little wounded from what happened last time, but I know this time can be different. I know this is still my desire for this child to have a natural birth. I know it's possible, but I won't exalt it above who you are. So we have entered um, a theme as a church, and the theme is biblical answers to burning questions. So this is the question I wanted to really hone in on tonight. It's, have you ever had a prayer for God, a promise from God that didn't end up the way that you wanted it to be or believed it would? So tonight, I've brought three simple points of what to do when a prayer doesn't get answered the way or in the time you thought it would. Point one, write it down. Remember his goodness. Good and upright is the Lord, says Psalm 25. Psalm 77, 10 through 13 says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What I love about that scripture is it shows me that God is holy, that he is good. No matter what my circumstances look like, even if it's an unanswered prayer, God is pure and he's perfect. And circumstances, they're not holy, but my God is holy. So when I have a trial or a test that has overwhelmed me or skewed my understanding of who God is in a moment, I turn back, I get with him quietly, I repent out loud, I say I'm sorry, and then I go back to scripture and I remember this specific attribute of God. He is good. He is holy. So one, of, one example that came to mind for me is when we suffer unexpected loss. Now for you, that might be you've lost a job unexpectedly, or a business failed unexpectedly, or a friendship didn't work out the way you thought it would, or a relationship ended the way you didn't think it would, or you've actually lost someone unexpectedly. And after I started attending this church about, I think, nine years ago, this actually happened to me. So I was really close with my high school best friend at the time, and I was really close. I had such a special bond with her family, and specifically, I had a great relationship with her mom. And so her mom was in a lot of pain, and she was going to get hip surgery. So my prayer to God was very simple. God, thank you for healing her. Thank you that when she comes out of the surgery, she'll be healthy, whole, healed, no more pain. Well, unfortunately, she passed away, and it was so devastating to me. It was so unexpected, and I got the call from my friend, dropped the phone, screamed, went through this huge grieving process, and I thank God for this house. I thank God for great community. I thank you, God, for every single person that helped me walk through that, but I had so many questions for God, like, what? I didn't see this coming, and I know you. I didn't, I didn't even know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was a possibility. Why? She's too young. I wasn't done. I don't even know what I said the last time I met with her. And so all of these questions arose. But you know what? Only his presence healed me. And so Bill Johnson, one of my favorite pastors of all time, last year he lost his wife to cancer. And I know that a lot of us in this room follow him. We were contending on her behalf, believing for her complete healing. And sadly, she did pass away. And he did 
the most beautiful message I think I've heard in years that impacted my heart so much to see a man stand up and almost bring this message that was a sacrifice before the Lord with such strength and with such dignity and trust in God. And he said this statement and it stuck with me. He said, sometimes an answer won't satisfy. An answer from God won't satisfy. Only his presence will. And it's so true. We need to get with God. We need to get with God. Charles Spurgeon said, I've learned to kiss the waves that throw me into the rock of ages. I love that quote. I hold tight to that quote. I believe what that says. And I found it so true. It's just the trials and the storms of life that have thrown me into the arms of God in a way that would never, I really think, never happen had they not happened. I hear God's voice so clearly because I've ran to him in those depths of despair, and I've heard him, and I've allowed him to comfort and heal me. So I don't know where you're at tonight if you've heard God's voice yet, but you can, and let that be an encouragement to you. So what do you do when a prayer doesn't get answered the way that you think it will? You remember his goodness. And now, when you remember his goodness, it's time to move on to point two, which is remember his name. Point two, remember his name. God has an array of names that we find in the Bible, and I really think that us as believers should be really accustomed to knowing them, but also understanding them. So Yahweh is used over 6,800 times. That's tons of times. Elohim, 2,600 times. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, which is Jesus, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I love that. Wonderful Counselor. He is our Mighty God. He is Everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. So I don't change my theology based on my shifting circumstances. I won't change my understanding of God because of my misunderstanding of what the heck is happening in my life or an unanswered prayer. I won't, I refuse to exalt my emotions above who God is. So an example could be, just like me, I've experienced this before, you may be walking through a season of financial lack. And I know when I came into this house, that's where I was at. I was murmuring and complaining for years of my life, but when I came into this house, I decided a few things. I was going to follow exactly what the Word of God said from that day out, and I was going to get some guidance and wise counsel, which I highly recommend. And so I was tithing, and I started to step out and started to give, and I really started to see God move on my behalf. But I started to not look around at what my shifting circumstances and my finances look like, and I looked to the heavenly realm, and I reminded myself of who God is. His word says he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who provides. So I am not my provider. He is. And so when I had that revelation, I let go. Like, no, God, you gave me this position. You gave me these divine opportunities. I will be faithful. I won't be lazy, but I know that you'll provide. I don't have anything to worry about. And so, yes, I'm human. I've had seasons and days of worrying, but I always go back to that attribute of God, that name of God. He is my provider, and he's your provider too. He's a Lord who provides. 
Okay, so something that really helped sh shift my perspective was working for Dr. Matt, as you can imagine. That was so helpful. It was. I know, yeah, it really did. Okay, so, <laughs> well, I was going to say he's hiring, I believe, so if you're amazing, why don't you reach out to him? Okay, so um, we all went to this chiropractic conference, and this gentleman got up, and he put up the names of God. And so I think they have the slide. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, they made it so modern and beautiful. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we have the names of God. And what he had, oh my gosh, it's right there behind. It says, I am. So that was at the center. So he explained this. He said, those are the names of God. So whenever we recite that, when we say that, we're actually calling upon the name of God. And so that includes, I am. That is his name, solely his name. And so it was like this aha moment. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize he is I am. The Bible tells us. He says, I am that I am. I mean, I get the chills when I think of that verse. He is I am. He's greater than we can ever imagine. And so his point was, watch what you say after that, because that is his name. And so I think I just wanted to take this moment and just remind us all how we see God matters, but how we see ourselves matters. Because oftentimes, we might be reciting something negative after that I am statement, right? I've been there. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so sick. I'm so not feeling good. I'm so blah, 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 blah. But exactly, cancel. That's God's name. Okay, that might be a feeling that you have, but don't let that, think, don't let that be your statement after I am. We want to honor God with that statement. So when you know his name, you can receive the promise of his name. When you know his name, you know what he can and what he will do. So as we remember his goodness and we remember his name, it's time to go deeper and remember his word. Point three, remember his word. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is a sure foundation that we can build our lives upon. Psalm 119, 160 says the entirety of your word, the entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Proverbs 3, 5, every word of God proves true. So if you have a word from God that's biblical, it proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. So go to him for protection. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So how comforting it is to draw near to our heavenly father in all circumstances, even when our prayers don't get answered the way that we think they should. Because his word is, it's complete. It's settled. It can't be refuted. It lacks nothing. And so many of you in the room might have a prayer, a word that matches up with scripture, with the Bible. Like, I was thinking about this. There might be a lot of women in this room, or a handful of women, that are believing to conceive, are believing to have their miracle baby. Well, the scripture says, be fruitful and multiply. It is biblical. You can find references to back it up. So don't lose heart in the waiting. I know that's easier said than done, but don't lose heart in the waiting. Don't question his character. Stand on that verse. Meditate on it day and night. Receive his peace in his presence. Let those 
moments like I've had in the kitchen, rise up, get real, get intimate with him, and let him speak. And I know that I've read two books that have really helped me out, and so I want you to write these down. The first one is by our lead pastor, Pastor Jurgen. It's called PUSH, which, which stands for Pray Until Something Happens. We have a part to play in things coming to fruition here. And that will teach you that. And the second one I'm rereading at the moment is Fourth Dimension. That one is so phenomenal as well. So that one is Pray Until You Know God's Timing which is important. So when Alex and I got married, um, probably a couple years after we got married, we started to dream about buying a house. And we thought, you know what, we prayed, and we really felt like it's okay to step out. It's okay. Like, it's not the wrong time. Like, we didn't feel like, halt the brakes. This is the wrong moment. And so we got our realtor, and we actually found this dreamy condo in Del Mar, two-bedroom, one-bath. And I was so excited. So we both were back in prayer, asking wise counsel. It wasn't a silly, dumb idea. And so we put an offer in, and we got accepted. And I was so excited. But it fell out, and I was so disappointed. And I know Alex was too. It was a bit of an embarrassment because we were standing on what we thought was a promise from God that we would purchase a property, that we would own land here in San Diego. But we felt kind of silly about the timing. We felt like, God, did we hear you right? Did we step out at the right, right time, at the right moment? But you know what? Nothing is wasted. Nothing, nothing, nothing is wasted. So once again, I got with my Heavenly Father. I told him how I was feeling. I was upset. I was disappointed. I didn't understand what was going on. I received his presence and his peace. And he gave me a vision of something. He showed me, as a little girl, um, he showed me, like, around the, the age of six or seven. And my father was not in the picture at all. And we had financial needs. But he had the resources to provide, but he didn't want to provide. And so it was this back and forth thing where he didn't contribute anything. And he finally had to pay up when I think I was around the age of 16. But subconsciously, that did something to me over the years. Subconsciously, even as a young kid and growing up, I remember questioning, why? I know you don't want a relationship with me, but we have some needs, school needs, clothes needs, food needs, etc. Why wouldn't you want to give to a child? So it was very conflicting and very confusing to me. But I had that vision of me as a child. And in that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm viewing God on a parallel level to my earthly father. When he is my heavenly father, he is my holy father. He is perfect. He is set apart. He is nothing like my dad. Nothing like my dad. But here I am in my 20s comparing God to my dad. So I know a lot of you in the room come from broken families. Statistically speaking, a lot of you do. But it's so important to know that God is our heavenly father. You want to hold tight to understanding what that is because everything changes when you see that he is good and he's our heavenly father. And so I had this moment of exchange where once again, I said, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I missed who you are, that I have never discovered that attribute of you, that I haven't received that love from you yet. 
And so it was such a healing process of me, or for me, to discover that. And that wouldn't have happened, I don't think it would have happened as soon as it did, if we had received that miracle dream home. I would have still had that subconscious belief that, oh, God withholds just like, like my dad, dad did, right? And so I thank God. Sometimes we need to thank God for the unanswered prayers. So what do we do when a prayer doesn't get answered the way that we think it should? We remember his goodness. We remember his name and we remember his word. I look back and I thank God for the intimacy and the revelation that I have gained from drawing near to him when my prayers haven't been answered. Now, when I was praying for tonight, I was praying specifically for two groups of people that were highlighted to me. The first one is people in the room that have been betrayed. And I know that all of us have been there. And there's some of you in the room that may have been betrayed by a relationship, uh, a spouse, a friend, a business partner, the list goes on. I really want you in this moment just to close your eyes and receive what I'm about to say next because I prayed on your behalf and I heard from God. He said this, I am your redeemer. I will make all things new. Rest in my promises that I am working mightily on your behalf. I am rearranging and purging things for your favor. Wait upon me wisely, not passively. Know that I chose you before the foundation of the universe. I love you, I am for you, and I am with you. And this is the verse he gave me. It's long, but I want you to listen. Isaiah 41, 10 through 14. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Amen. The second group of people that I have been praying for and have been highlighted to me are those who feel that they have a winning streak of unanswered prayers. So if that's you, I actually want you to stand. If you feel like you keep praying for things and they don't get answered, every single time that you pray, they're not getting answered. This is the scripture that I have for you. Exodus 20, verse two. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. I read that scripture and I remember that's what God did. That's what God did for all of us. So do not negate what God has done. This is the word that he had for you. I have not forgotten you. I have not failed you. I have you in the palm of my hand. I am outside of time. I know all and I see all and I know what I'm doing. Allow me to heal your wounds, place your trust in me and see my promises come to fruition. Do not delay in praising me. So your homework is to get your praise on. Get your praise on, go home, in the car, on the ride, on the drive, praise. Praise, praise, praise. Okay, I'm gonna have you all stand to your feet. I'm gonna say a quick prayer, and then they're gonna close us out.
God, thank you for all you've done. May we leave here tonight able to remember what you've done so we can see what you are doing. I thank you that you are working mightily on our behalf. I thank you that you know each and every single desire of every single person that is standing here and that your timing is prime. Your timing is perfect and you are holy. As we wait on your promises, may we do so in a way that honors you and gives you all the glory. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.